All right, welcome to Texans Unfiltered. Uh, my name is John, John A. Wade 3 on Twitter. Thank you all, all so much for tuning in every week. I know we didn't really do a lot of promo pushing this week's episode out there because honestly, it's a little depressing to be a Texans fan right now. Um, but I'm still here every week. I'm going to grind it out. I'm going to be here no matter what. I'm still looking for somebody to do a new intro video for, for me. Um, if you are interested, please shoot me a message. I mean, I don't want to learn After Effects. I, I've got enough on my plate right now. But, I mean, if I have to, I will. But I'd much rather give somebody out there some some exposure. And, you know, I know what it's like to put work into stuff. So I'm not going to try and, and lowball you. We're actually going to make sure it's market rate and everything. So great opportunity. We need an intro video. Please reach out to me. I'd love to, to work with somebody out there. All right. This week, I am joined by Mr. Herb McKnight. Am I saying that right? Yeah, you got it right, McKnight. All right. Um, just talking to him for about 20 minutes pre-show to kind of go over it. Like y'all are in for a treat. This man knows, knows his ball. He knows his stuff. He knows what's going on. So I think y'all will really appreciate him as even though I know these shows right now with the guest hosts are getting a little formula ache. We go over like whatever's the hot topic. Then we're going to kind of talk about everything else that's happened this off season, but y'all are really in for a treat. Y'all are going to really appreciate this guy. So wow. Mr. Herb. Her, her, Mr. McKnight. <laughs> you, I, I saw you laugh on that one. You, you, you had it back. Like, you couldn't resist. Yeah. I've heard all Have the jokes. See? Herbert of Herbert eats too much sherbet. I've heard it all. Yeah. Well, uh, there's also a running joke with me that I can't say people's names, mm -hmm. um, which is a very true issue that I do have. So whenever I host and I have to introduce people, I'm like, oh, this is, I'm going to mess up. And I, I always feel bad. Y'all deserve better than that. But it is what it is. However, if you wouldn't mind, just tell everybody a little bit about yourself where we can find so you and anything. So my real job is I'm a chef. Um, I'm also a business owner. I have had the pleasure of being the personal chef for a couple of Houston Texans athletes. I don't put their name out there, but I have been their chef. One of them, I was his chef for three years. Um, and I did have J.J. Watt ask for the service one time. He didn't get it, but he did ask about it. So um, GabrielTable.com is actually where you know where you can find me. We're not up and running yet as far as prepared meals go, but we'll be back next week. We're switching over from the website. So um, besides that, I'm also a minister. So but I'm also have a football head. I love football. Uh, I love that for some reason, Texas, even though I'm from Buffalo, New York, um, I watched all those. So quick story. I was watching the Oilers game. Uh, no, I'm sorry. We were listening to it on the radio because actually it was blacked out in Buffalo. We didn't sell out the playoff game, if you can believe that. So it's blacked out. We turn off the radio because it's, you know, we're digging blown out. My aunt calls, rushes to the phone and says, turn the game back on. The bills came back and we couldn't believe it. So they lifted the blackout when we came back. So which proves they could already, you know, they could always not have the blackout going on. So. I'm excited about football. I, I love the Texans. So you were uh, a no Bills fan. I was. I went through the heartaches, the, the Norwood kick. Okay. That was our best chance. The Dallas blowout. Um, so definitely, um, you know, wide so, left. I've just got to ask, now that you've been in Houston for a little bit, what's, uh, what's more painful, the Buffalo side or the Houston side? For me, because I'm a current person, uh, the debacle that happened in Kansas City, you know, which I believe the greatest part of that debacle was letting DeAndre Carter return the kick. That is my <laughs> greatest part. You know, my buddy's like, please don't run up the middle. He runs up the middle and two seconds later he fumbles. Like, look, the, the, the common thing is, you know, especially a guy that size, you know, don't run up the middle with the ball, not with two hands on it, uh, knowing you're about to get hit. So 
I, I believe it was the Kansas City because I got so excited. I mean, I was jumping out. My buddy was here. We were watching the game together. We're jumping up and sitting down. We're like, yeah. And then we're just sitting there looking depressed at the end of the game. So, yeah, Kansas City, Texas. <laughs> All right. Well, I mean, the Buffalo Oilers game was one of my first football me- memories. Um, mm-hmm. I think I've told people about this before. I pre- my, pretty much my understanding about that game is I remember everybody being happy and then everybody being sad and me being very excited talking to my dad about having a all an all-Texas Super Bowl. I believe it was the governor she was on right before the game and she was talking about how it would be so cool to have a Dallas-Houston Super Bowl. And I remember that. And then I be- remember more so being sad about the fact that that wasn't going to happen because I really wanted an all-Texas Super Bowl. Really wasn't old enough to quite understand blowing a lead that big. Um mm-hmm. <laughs> which you know it is what it is and it was i'm glad that i'm not old enough to remember the pain but it's kind of looking back it's been kind of one of those it's like man that would have been really cool mm-hmm. however you know that I'm, I'm there with you this the chiefs texans game especially with everything that's transpired after that game mm-hmm has really just taken it up another net, another notch in pain. We looked like we were on the cusp of turning into something good. Like we weren't there yet. We weren't in the Chiefs stratosphere, but you you could see that we could get there. We had the quarterback to do it. And now a little bit over a year since then, it's just all falling apart, which is now you said we had the quarterback. You're talking past tense already, as if he's going yet. Yeah, I've made my piece. Um, we'll kind of, I mean, I know you're, you're sick of hearing about Deshaun. You're sick of talking about Deshaun. Mm-hmm. So we're going to do it a little bit in a roundabout way. We'll, we'll get there. I'll ask you your prediction on what you think is going to happen with the man, but I'm going to start off with something that James has actually put out on Twitter. He put a great, great, uh, Twitter thread out there mm-hmm. talking about Jack Easterby. Now I've seen mm-hmm. a lot of people kind of pop up on Twitter uh, one of my favorite tweets, i uh, got to remember who, who said it because i got to give him credit, said, I did not have Jack Easterby um, becoming a good guy on my bingo card for this year or Jack mm-hmm. Easterby being right on my bingo card for this year, on my 2021 bingo card. Just how mind-blown it is that this narrative is suddenly starting to shift. That maybe, just maybe, mm-hmm. Jack Easterby is not as bad as all of Texans, including myself, all of the, all Texans media, all of Texans fandom, thinks he is. What do you have an opinion on that? Do you have any <clears throat> thoughts on that? You know, I I, um, I think sometimes silence speaks, and the fact that he, you know, you're very confident in yourself, and you know, kind of that the times I've known I've been right in life, and I really have not, um, and I've received criticism. Those were the most my most silent times. But the times where I knew I had, you know, maybe I didn't do, maybe I was in the internet on a job and, you know, looking at texting stuff instead of working. <laughs> so know, right? those are the times I'm like, yeah, no, I'm doing my job. I'm doing everything I'm supposed to do. Mm-hmm. But those times when I'm silent, those are kind of the, so I questioned his silence um, and not trying to defend himself. Um, obviously, there's more than meets the eye from the other side that has been putting some of this negative information out about the person. And maybe there was a reason that, you know, I don't want to give Busby any bait. But maybe there's a reason why people are being followed around and tagged. And, and, you know, maybe there was, you know, we can we can play detective if we want to. But um, uh, I definitely um, 
belief you should not be in personnel. I mean, you just have to understand your gifts and your talents. Just like me, I'm, I, I love to talk about Texans. I'm a good communicator. Um, I'm also a preacher, so I, I love to communicate. But as far as me going to coach, um, no, I'm not excellent in those guys. So I'm not going to be the, the guy on the TV talking, hey, Bill, this is how you line up the play. And, you know, I'm not excellent in those guys. So I think what his failure was was trying to get into something that his skill set was not designed for and uh, coming out of his lane. So – but I commend the guy. I mean, she should write a book on how to get to the top because I would read that book, you know, how to get to the top of your corporation in two years. You know, okay. I'm there. <laughs> so, yeah, I don't, well, I don't have an opinion on them for the most part. Well, there was two things that kind of stood out that mm -hmm. James actually pointed out. Um, maybe it was James. Maybe it was somebody else. But it was in his it was in his thread. And I apologize if you pointed it out and I just misread it. Um, whomever that may be, is Easter B was brought on to Kansas City to handle the post-Belcher situation, mm -hmm. uh, which was just one of the saddest things that has ever happened. He was brought in to New England, and he really made a name for himself handling the Aaron Hernandez situation. Hernandez, yeah. mm -hmm. And then he comes down to Houston, and all of a sudden, this guy goes from being very well-respected, very well-regarded, um, there was articles being published about how upset New England was that he got away to absolutely vilified in Houston. Mm -hmm. Now, I do think that there's definitely something to it staying in your lane. Mm -hmm. But how much of it is, A, him getting out of his lane, and maybe everything with, maybe getting rid of Hopkins was the right move. But the return mm. was still horrible. Like if he had a real GM, like you know the current GM, <laughs> that was yeah. the right move. They actually went through it the correct ways. Like you get the correct return on it, mm. versus having a, a head coach who's essentially acting as a as a GM. And Bill mm. O'Brien was very much do do do. Somebody said, "Hey, get this done." He obviously he was like a bull in a china shop. When he decided he needed a left tackle, he threw everything away to get the left tackle. When he decided that Hop, or when it was decided that Hopkins had to go, he literally gave him away for nothing. So, how much of this? Yeah, I mean, what Freddie V88 says right here, I don't mind moving Hopkins. What has always killed me is at the time he was probably our second most valuable asset mm -hmm. between his contract being affordable, the type of player that he was, and the best that we could get was one second round pick and a washed up David Johnson. And David Johnson's washed. I'm sorry. I'm not going to defend him. Like, he had two good games last year. He's still washed. He was not worth trading DeAndre Hopkins for. Now, have we all decided just too much with a little bit of rose-colored glasses because we're quite convinced that Bill O'Brien would not allow the situation with Watson to get to where it has? And we may or may not be wrong on that. Um that we've decided all to just focus everything. Now everything's fault is Jack Easterby's or maybe his suggestions were right, but the execution was bad. Yeah, I think, you know, I like, so I like a serial. I think he has a businessman approach, which is what you should have about the situation um, versus too much of the personality slash culture approach. And I think, I think, so I think Easterby was that, that wood on Bill O'Brien's fire of, of uh, incompetency. So you're throwing a log on something. You know, hey, I think we should trade. Yeah, 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 because he's 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 this and, you know, he's got this and he's got this going on. So 
I think he was not that sand to his fire, but he was a log to his fire. We know sand puts out fires. So I think that was the problem. You have this, I'd say yes, man, but um, what you're saying is lining up right with probably what this person is expecting from a personnel standpoint, what he sees. Um, so I, I love, not to get off the subject, but I love, um, first of all, I really like Nick Casario. I'm very excited about what he's going to do in days to come. Um, but I think um, Easterby did play a role in this here. There's no denying that. And and no, I mean, Belichick, you respect him as the greatest of all time in coaching. I mean, if the man comes out and tells you that this guy's not a personnel guy, it's like, that's it. I'm at the board meeting, like, okay, the meeting's adjourned, guys. We can get up. Uh, Easterby will have his role as far as, you know, scheduling flights and, and uh, monitoring situations and dealing with development of personalities and personnel. But I don't want to see his hands on personnel um, ever, <laughs> you know, unless he goes back to football one-on-one -on -one school. Now, if he goes to school for that and learns some things and sits under an actual OGM and it becomes his apprentice, yes, one day, maybe down the road, he can become a GM. So right now, I, I do believe he had a hand in the situation. I'm not going to say that. Do I believe he's been negatively vilified unjustly to a degree? Yes, I do. Um, because I don't think he's had a voice in the situation. And I, I still believe the principle that if you don't, if you believe you're right, you're not going to be trying to defend yourself as much as someone who actually has some wrong in it. So. Okay. That's where I stand. John. No, fair enough. So yeah, I'm going to come down actually in agreement. It, for me, it was all just keeping him to stay in his lane. Um, I think that the front office at, with the Texans with him and Bill O'Brien was way too thin and lacking of experience. So does Easterby, Easterby doesn't deserve a redemption tour. He may have been right with what he suggested, but he was part of the execution on how it went about. So if he decided that certain individuals weren't character guys, with a football franchise, you've got to have an, actual, an actionable plan to replace guys. You can't just say oh he doesn't work out not especially when they're quality players like you've got to have a plan to replace them like how do you replace that production so at the end of the game you know winning football games is what they're paid to do even even jack easterby like he may be a man of a man of the cloth he may be a man of faith but by taking that role within the houston texans organization he was hired for a different job not to be uh, not to be a preacher that's just my opinion and that's not to disregard that side of him no and let me let job. me interject john that's that's a great point you know just we have to go to religion and sports you know i don't i don't bring that into my workplace um i carry it with me because that's who i am but i don't bring it as far as you know hey let's go to lunch and let's have bible study i'm here to execute a job and uh this guy might he might be cursing somebody out when he goes home i understand that but he's a great cook so as long as he has i call it workplace culture so you know now again i don't want him to be a pervert outside of work if i find that out yeah he's gone but um but as far as when he's in the doors, I mean, this guy's a beast on the grill, you know, you know, so I learned how to, to, to connect with him on his level. But I don't go over and say, get this guy out of here because he's not singing, um, you know, at the cross all day while he's working. You know what I mean? So, you know, it's a fine line between uh, who you are, spiritually, whatever, and, and the marketplace. Um, so, yeah, that, that line can't be crossed. You can still be who you are, but you can't allow that necessarily to govern every decision um that you make right and i i mean i'm a, i'm in total agreement with you and you're actually a great example to have it i mean as somebody that used to work in the service industry there's a reason why they called it the sin industry 
and it's not just not just the acronym <laughs> i mean you've got to be uh, some of those kitchens man if you only knew what some of those cooks were saying and you know what that's what they need to do that's what they need to do to get through their shift i mean it, it can be tough those girls are hot and customers are unforgiving so but it's the same sort of thing like i can't imagine that the nfl would be that much different than honestly the service industry you've got a lot of guys in their young 20s they're all talking a big game they're all talking whatever they're they may be they may or may not be christian but even the guys that are christian are going to talk the way that the guys around them are going to do it's that locker room culture it's very very similar to a kitchen culture and i as somebody that's been a part of both can definitely see that and i get what easterby was brought in to do but i still think that he did a poor job of implementing implementing sorry i got my uh my covid shot today i'm a little bit a little bit weird <laughs> so um i can't talk i can never talk but it is what it is um all right well kind of taking that mr easterby we're in agreement he still still deserves some of the hate that he's getting Maybe not quite as much, but he deserves some of it. He still no has doubt. failed as a football guy. We're mm -hmm. in agreement on that. No doubt, no doubt, no doubt. All right, and I hate I hate to talk about him. I absolutely hate to talk about him, but we have to talk about him because there was another press conference today. Man, how are you feeling about about Mr. Deshaun? Uh, you know, it's almost like you said earlier. We were talking uh, post show. It's almost like I know him. Um, because he's uh, it's such a, a huge part of plugging in for please. He's been, I'm sorry, I got my son helping me here, uh, plugging the laptop cord in. So um, I'm where there's smoke, there's fire. So where I stand is as much as I would like to not believe that nothing has happened, nothing has transpired uh, based on some things I've heard outside of, I told you that before, outside of this whole situation, um, you know, it didn't add to me not believing that it wasn't, you know, that's not the case. So um, my deal is I'm glad that some of this thing is coming out. Some of these things are coming out because I hope that he learns from it. Um, I really do hope other athletes learn from it. Cause like we talked about John earlier, you know, many times, you know, un unknowingly or well, we can convince ourselves, but we're putting these uh, females in bad situations. Um, you're abusing, you're throwing around your authority, you're throwing around your power. Um, and, and obviously that's not right. Um, but I also think at the same time, we got to let the situation play itself out and, and really begin to hear more of um, his side, because I think Busby, for the most part, is controlling the narrative right now. He is definitely pushing out, you know, and he's doing a good job of that. Let's let's get, you know, he is a high priced lawyer for a reason. And he's doing a great job of, of really controlling the narrative. And um, to be honest, with you, I think I think uh, Deshaun's lawyer is getting outgunned right now. I think, I think it's the fourth quarter and he's down by 20. Um, if I could say that. So I hope that it's resolved. I definitely think, like we talked earlier, that the trade value has dropped. But I believe that what was put out today by the Texans is a precursor to them letting him go. Uh, and I believe it's them letting him go for less value. You know, when we have a crash, what's soft is the crash is an airbag. So the crash of us saying, wow, they only let him go for a one or two and a three or two ones and a three. Even if they let him go for two ones and two twos, I still believe that's nowhere near the value he should be I'm, I'm thinking three threes three twos and two players minimum 
because this is a 15-year asset. So he still has about 15. If he plays like Tom Brady controls his health, I mean, the guy has 20 years left, right? So us getting two twos and a second and a two ones, a second and a third, you know, that's, that's you know, you're getting a lot of feedback from that. So I, that's what I believe about the situation, that that statement today put out by the Texans uh, was to get us ready for what they're about to do. What you got, John? Um, just some people put some stuff in chat that I wish they had. <laughs> Who is this guy? It's okay. No, no, it's uh, <laughs> I'm not. I'm not going to read the joke. But... Oh my goodness! Yeah, yeah, Don't yeah. Show me no more, please. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I'm kind of there with you, but I mm -hmm. believe I actually don't think Deshaun's going to get traded this year. Okay. So last week, I'm, I'm not sure if you listened. Last week, I kind of explained that, honestly, all these accusations actually benefit Deshaun because it makes the Texans actually want to move on from him. Like, you could you could see you could see it in Nick Casario. You could see it in, in his language, his body language, when answering it. You could hear it in the words he was saying. Mm -hmm. All of a sudden, something that was absolutely unforeseeable for him to do, he's like, okay, okay, I, I'm going to trade the guy. Mm -hmm. Like, you could see him making peace with oh, that right, every time. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. On the uh, on the Albert Beer, Beer Albert Beer. Okay, yeah. 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 You could see that happening in re real time. Like mm -hmm. Nick is coming around. They're going to do what they need to do. However, today's news conference has actually changed my mind on it. All of a sudden, I think that yeah, Deshaun has definitely played his last snap as a Texan. However, I don't think he's going to get traded this year. We're too close to the draft. Mm -hmm. You get the most assets at the draft. And I think there's a very real po uh, possibility that Deshaun is going to be put on the commissioner's exempt list. Mm -hmm. So to get peak value in return for Deshaun, you wait till next year. Mm -hmm. uh, you're not going to have to pay him this year anyways. Um, his contract's essentially voided for the entire year. Oh, wow. So okay. all of a sudden he goes from being potentially the highest played player in the NFL for two years. That doesn't happen anymore. I said this last week and that still stands. But if he's actually suspended, full-on suspended, the Texans don't pay him. His contract doesn't toll. So he sits out for a year, which if the Texans didn't trade him, that was potentially an option. That was I got to interject one more time with a question for you. If his contract doesn't toll, he's on exemption list, and they trade him, do we still suffer the same cap impact? Are you aware of that or not? If we trade him while I'm he's honestly on the exempt not list? sure. Okay, okay. I'm honestly not sure. My understanding, if he's on the exempt list, mm. usually players on that list get released anyways, but it's not going to toll because he's not going to get enough accrued time to play. Mm. Um, but, I mean, you think about, like, the guys like Antonio Brown when they're placed mm. on it and then they're released and then they sign a new contract while they're on it. Okay. So okay. I don't think there's ever been a situation like Deshaun's that I could find. And I could be completely wrong. Again, if somebody mm. else has done the research, I've looked – and my theory is more or less based. If he's on the exempt list for the entire season, mm -hmm. he doesn't accrue any time. And okay. the way they've changed the rules, it's like if he misses one game over a contract dispute or five practices, that's something ridiculous. Then his contract won't toll. All it takes is like five practices. Like it's something minimal. Like they, the CBA really did take away all their ability to sit out. So Deshaun... So that's kind of a leap. I'm not sure. I couldn't find another similar situation. There hasn't been a similar situation. But that is my guess, my my reading of it. Not a lawyer. Again, anyone out there, you can correct me. But my 
my reading of it is if he's on the exempt list, he doesn't go to training camp, he doesn't play in any games, his contract's not going to toll. At that point, that one year, next year's contract is actually fairly affordable for him. It's like $18 million. So if a team can still trade for that year of contract, even though he sat out for a year, it's one year with less wear and tear, one year less of him getting beat up. Like his value is still high as long as he's not in jail. And everything should be cleared up in a year that they at least know that he's going to get to play. Can't say the same thing about everything getting cleared up in, what is it, three weeks till the draft? And that's the only way you can get value. And the reason why his value is still high is how hard is it to find a quarterback? A quarterback like Deshaun never comes available. Never. Even trading for Stafford. Stafford's damaged goods. He's older. Trading for Carson Wentz. Not not the same. Carson Wentz is not the player that he used to be. There's a reason why the Eagles gave up on him. Training for Sam Darnold. Darnold hasn't done anything. Now, there's still potential there, but he hasn't proven that he could play in the NFL. There is no similar situation to this. There's no quarterback that is this talented, this good, that will become this available. So his value is still high. But if there's even a slight chance that he's not going to be in the league because his behavior was so bad, like he's going to jail, that would make teams have cold feet. And up until today, I didn't really think that it was there was a chance that he was going to go to jail. But seeing what came out today, like that, that may actually be on the table. I don't know. And I don't think anybody knows. Yeah, I, 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 the jail thing is pretty scary. Um, you know, ugh. I, I just though I just question the counsel that he's getting, um, and then I also would go back to the Casario and, and and you know if there was even a droplet in his ear about what was going on, why didn't we, you know, move the asset? Why the asset could have give us a a great return? So that's concerning. Because I don't think it was. I think the droplet that was in their ear was that Deshaun was a partier, that he liked to chase women. Um, there's some other things out even from, from Clemson that it's kind of been dusted under the rug just a little bit, but Deshaun likes women. 20-year-old guy, 25-year-old guy, when he was 18 to 21 in college, like, yeah, he likes women. No shame in that, but that he, that he liked them. Um, there was apparently smoke around when he had uh, – what, what's her name? Uh, the porn star, uh, Mia, Mia, shoot. I don't know that name, but, <laughs> but yeah, I've heard the, uh, the talk about him being, her being in his dorm. I've heard that talk. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, I remember we joked about it when it first came out, like, okay, whatever. He's a famous quarterback. Um, but you know, that's just more of like added to when you hear these things after the fact, there's another guy on Twitter. I don't want to put his name out there, but he's, he's a Clemson grad and he has repeatedly said that there's more to Deshaun than what his public puts out there. <laughs> Mia Khalifa. Okay. Chat knows her chat knows her. Um, but yeah, so, you know, there's a little bit of that going on. Um, there's always been rumors that Deandre Hopkins was very much a ladies man. And Easterby's kind of come in, I think probably 
part of it is like this is your this is your franchise just to get them under control like you don't want jim kelly out in the 80s like where they were having like these big blowouts and hot tubs and getting the police called on them every night you want to make sure that your quarterback's under control and that doesn't happen especially in today's nfl and i think that's what easter came in and that's that little drop like okay deshaun likes to chase women and I mean, even how this all kind of started, like I, part of me still thinks that Deshaun doesn't think that he did anything wrong, that he was just chasing women and they wanted to be chased. And I think that's all kind of tied together, even with his like defense, like he came out, like he's like, they're trying to get us to cover up him having a, and a, a, a cheating on his girlfriend. And he's like, whatever. But I don't know, like it's, I, I have to stop reading chats. <laughs> yeah, and, and I definitely think there's a bigger a bigger target. Our, our, our chat is just out. Of, can you see the chat? I cannot see the end? chat. Oh and, my I, and I probably don't need to see it. <laughs> yeah, you don't. It's out of control. Um, it's very I distracting I think there's a, right a bigger target there. You know, the, and Busby's dropping about the Texans. He's not even looking at the Texans. He wants the NFL. I mean, that's his, that's his generational, generational, generational wealth that he can get, um, even though he has it right now. But yeah, I'm talking about extreme wealth if he can do something to cause the nfl to have to settle in some way for him so he's 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 definitely i, I believe deshaun is, is the bait um that he's using um to draw in more women so he has some big deal against the nfl yeah i think that there's definitely going to be more women popping up but not necessarily against deshaun like i think it's going to be something that's common among players uh i mean part of the reason that my narrative really hasn't changed on what I believe happened because I've been around athletes. I've been around guys this age, that age. I'm sure you have too. I've, we've been around guys that would have thought some of these stories in Deshaun's briefs, if they were being told over a beer or something were hilarious, like they wouldn't have seen what was wrong. And so I think that there is a widespread thing probably in, in the NFL where they're not, the, he's not the only one and there's going to be more that come out. And Part of the reason that Busby has done it the way he has to get that story out there, to get as much attention to the story as possible, is the louder he is, the more women that come forward. Right? That's the plan. Now, I'm sure maybe there might end up being one or two that are just trying to get paid, but I hate to say it, like they don't come out like this just to get paid. Something had to happen. And whether or not Deshaun knew he was doing something wrong or not, something happened that shouldn't have happened. Yeah, we definitely hope for a degree. It's, you know, that's what I'm looking for when I when I finally get to see um, Deshaun come out. A degree of remorse, um, you know, whether it's for decision making or you know whatever, just a degree of remorse, degree of humility. We've all testified how humble he is. You know, I want to you know let's see this humility. Let's see some remorse. And I know you can't give that until the end when you settle or the or the verdict has been rendered to you. Um, so like I told you before, I'm glad this is coming out so that otherwise he would have perpetuated this behavior throughout his whole career. Um, and who knows the victims or who knows, you know, where he winds up, um, when it's all said and done, uh, just more of this continual behavior, cause it can go to another level. We all know, you know, behavior doesn't necessarily get better. It gets worse. Uh, especially with the people around you that enable that behavior or, you know, um, advertise for you to continue in that behavior. So uh, I'm glad it came out this way. I am, you know, like you said, we have to talk about it sometimes. We have to look at it. Um, 
I had to listen to less sports talk radio than I ever have right now because of it. Because after a while, we're just repeating. I don't mind talking about it, but we don't necessarily need to repeat the same the same talk, topic every segment. I have some shows that I love to listen to. Uh, one of my favorite ones is uh, Clint Sterner in the show. Um, I, I love that particular show on Sports 10. I love Pendergast and um, the other guy in the morning. I had to call you. Uh, other, what's the other guy's name? The other guy. What's I'm the other guy? Sure right well, well, but anyways, they don't talk about it as much. But I'm, I'm just, I'm just kind of, I'm worn out with the situation uh, as far as hearing it multiple times a day. Like it's my first time talking about it. I'm cool. I'm enjoying the conversation. But if I get off on here and I look at something else, I'm just gonna, you know, get off as soon as possible. So uh, I'm glad it happened. I, I had and not say I'm glad it happened. I'm glad it's coming out. Um, so that he can definitely get some help in those victims. If, you know, if they are victims, the ones that are victims can definitely um, have some closure and get the help they need. So you're talking about uh, Seth Payne and and Sean Seth Payne, yeah, yeah, yeah. Seth. yeah. I'm sorry, Seth, other guy. <laughs> Seth is just not the same because he doesn't get angry anymore. Actually, no, I've stopped listening to Houston sports, which is I've stopped listening to national sports too. Like it's kind of kind of tough to hear that the Texans get dunked on constantly. Like I hate. I hate to say it. It's just, it's tough to hear the Texans get dumped on and everything out there is negative. And I'm so heartbroken by Deshaun. Like he was supposed to be our guiding light. Like he wasn't just supposed to be a quarterback. This was a new type of quarterback. Like he was, he was more than a quarterback. I've never been more heartbreak, heartbroken about somebody that I didn't know than this whole thing with Deshaun. Like I honestly haven't. So go and you're, you're muted. Draft process. Was there some vetting going on in the draft process? It makes me think about the draft process. Was there some vetting going on back then that that, you know, some of these teams uh, found out you know, maybe that there was a you know, little bit extra with the ladies man going on that maybe turned some of them off? It just makes you wonder. Makes you wonder. And I, I don't know. I mean, I, I really don't. And I I'm going to kind of. You know, I'm just going to kind of tie a bow on this so we can start talking about the coaching hires and the GM because we've only got 20 minutes left. I don't want to give you a fair shot to give your opinion on those. But honestly, with Deshaun, he did something wrong. He may not realize what he did something wrong, but hopefully with this, he can go out, find some grace, be that humble man, and kind of come to a realization that whether or not it's as bad as some of the women have made it sound. He shouldn't have put them in that position and he shouldn't have been in that position either. But it is what it is from our perspective. We don't know the truth. We just know what's out there and we can just kind of hope and hope that it's not as bad as it's coming across. Cause right now it's, it's absolutely awful and it's not fun. Definitely. All right. Um, well, speaking of having a professional front office now, uh, somebody to get the, the heat off, off Easterby. Um, what do you think of the job Nick Casario is doing? Uh, as Jordan uh, likes to call him, Mr. Casserole. Let's say this here. He has got to be an awesome salesman because he has landed Philip Lindsay. Um, I think King, the cornerback, he's landed him. He has landed Ingram. Um, and these guys generally, when I hear them talk, they generally sound optimistic and excited about what's going on. Um, you know, my philosophy I talked to you about earlier, I believe he is um landing some of these six and seven i call them six and seven round picks they're playing but ideally 
if they could have been redrafted, some of these guys, and maybe they went third round or second, they're going, you know, fifth, sixth, and seventh. So I believe the plan is to maybe package some of those six-round picks. We have multiple six-round picks. We have multiple seventh-round picks. Package those and let's get up in the third and fourth rounds uh, where we can actually, you know, probably grab a player that can last five, six years with us. Um, but I'm excited about the moves he's making. It definitely does not speak to a team that's trying to lose out. And I hear the talk out there from a lot of people that um, this team is this. I believe the defense is going to be better when it's all said and done. I mean, I think King's an upgrade from Connolly. Um, I think we still have Roby. He's not let him go. We kept Tunsil. The office line, you can't tell me the office line is not going to be better. I mean, this guy talks cannon. You know, he has to want to come here. He ain't just trade for him. So he talks them to give us cannon for some draft swaps. I mean, Cannon has potential to be Pro Bowl. He's not, but he has Pro Bowl potential from what I've seen. I'm a Madden player. He's good on Madden, so uh, I'm excited about it because I get to <laughs> And they're going to put him now. most likely at guard? I'm thinking, think I'm thinking gonna... I like Tunsil better at guard. I mean, to be honest with you, he Tunsil. played a little bit at guard. I'm not Tunsil. I mean uh, Howard. I like Howard really? at guard. I think Howard has a he has a, a problem from time to time, especially on the edge where he gives up on plays. He gets kind of lazy. And I think he, you know, kind of being in that middle, it forces you to kind of stay on your toes a little bit more. When the guys pass you on that edge a little bit or you feel like the play's over, and I've watched multiple times where I've seen him give up on plays. But I love his athleticism. So if he gets word gets back to him, I know he probably crushed me, but um <laughs> word gets back to him. I love his potential. And I'm glad we got him instead of Dillard. Now that's that's a move that O'Brien made that was good. Let's give him some credit. Mm-hmm. The other ones were terrible. But that was a good move getting him. You see where Dillard is right now. And I actually was upset on draft night when we didn't get um, Dillard. I thought we had made a bad decision. But I like panning that tackle. Um, I want to see some guards that move their feet. So that's what I think. Tunsil being the athlete, the former quarterback. I'm not Tunsil. Uh, Howard being the former quarterback um, that he was. I think he's a better athlete than what we had. I question also Sharping being at guard. I just think really? he's too. I think he's too tall at guard. He doesn't have that bend, and I think he was a very, very talented tackle in college. Um, I don't he's like a, tall he, guards. His arms are a little short to play tackle in the NFL. Is it? Like, okay, that was okay, the big okay. knock. That was the big knock on him. Um, mm-hmm. But I mean, what I like the reason I thought Sharping would play better is he had that mm-hmm. ferociousness that you want in a guard. Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes when your tackles are that ferocious, they they kind of play out of control, which is leads to people getting the edge. Um, but uh, moving Titus, I mean, Titus has shown some really, really good stuff at tackle. Like, he has shown some really good stuff. And But you – I think all pro at guard, though. I think at guard, all pro, and I also think I like Rob Johnson at tackle. we got to find a way to get this guy on the field more. Yeah. The run game took a huge step up, if you notice, those last two or three games when he was in. I mean, this guy's running like a tight end out there, blocking people on the um, screens and whatnot. I didn't see not one of our linemen, though Tunsil has the ability to do so. I didn't see not one of our linemen even have that, uh, even do that the whole year. So I'd like to get, see us get Rob Johnson some more snaps as well. Yeah, Rob Johnson is one of those guys. He's undersized, but he plays with mm-hmm. smarts, mm-hmm. and he plays with athleticism. I mean, he's not the same athlete as Tunsil or Howard, but he moves his feet better. And mm-hmm. I mean, they should. They have absolutely no excuse. Like every measurable, um, both of them are better at than Johnson. There's not a single thing that he does better, but he can get to the second level better because I guess he just wants it more. <laughs> like I, I don't, I really don't have a good reason because he shouldn't be able to, but he does, and he's he's got a talent for that. No, but I love yeah. what he's doing. I love what Casario's doing. I, I, I'm very, very excited about. Um, 
watching these get watch it come together. I think for defense again, our defense is better. So if we had a better defense last year, we're in the playoffs. So if you really put it comes down to it, I think Tyrod's a very serviceable quarterback um, when he's given pieces around him. And I think he's got two, what, three good receivers, Conley, Cooks, and Cobb. Um, QT, who's in a contract year, going to be balling. And I'm a big QT fan as well. I think he's been uh, misused. Um, like to see him in the Hardman role, a lot more, a lot more reverses with him, like Hardman. You know, he's maybe a step slower than Hardman, but he still has that twitch. And we're not yeah. using that twitch properly. No, I agree. And mm -hmm. one of the best things about Kiki is a slot receiver. It was actually a deep threat and they never mm -hmm. utilize that. Like he mm -hmm. can actually run the scene pretty well. So, okay. Um, so overall with uh, Casario, what, what type of grade are you giving him so far? Uh, I'm going to step up, get ready for a lot of comments. Okay. Get ready. I'm to, to that coming after I say this. I'm going to give Casario an A plus right now. Really? Given given the circumstances that he has come into, he has not he's not bombed on a deal. I think the trade for the left the right tackle is, is I just think that's an awesome trade. Um, the Vat King again. Some of these guys, you know, mid season if we're flunking and they're thriving, we have third third round fourth round picks that are coming our way because we're going to get rid of them. And it's not a bad thing, you know, so we're shipping guys, you know, Lindsey's balling out and we're, we're doing bad. A running back goes down. He's the missing piece. Uh, hey, we give, give us a third round pick. You got you got your guy. So I'm very excited about what he's done. He is definitely uh, building uh, the speed on defense has increased. My only concern is and it's still a concern. I, I think he needs to find a way to address the defensive line in a better manner. Uh, I think Ingram's out there if, you know. If we can, even if we got to overspend on somebody just a little mm -hmm. bit. So I, I don't want Clowney at 15 and I don't want Ingram at 11. But if we can land somebody that's that actually put pressure on the quarterback at seven. Because one thing I realized with our players is if you don't give uh, so a defensive back, right, he's got potential, he's good, but he has no pass rush. So we never get to see he never develops because he's always getting torched because we're holding the quarterback has 12 seconds to throw. So I think. A, let's go back. Let's, let's, knock the, let's knock it down to A. If he gets the defensive uh, end that actually I believe can rush the quarterback, I give him A+. Plus. Are you happy with Reed and Johnson, Lonnie Johnson, as our safeties? You know, I'm very disappointed. I'm going to be honest with you. I'm very disappointed in where Reed is gone. Um, but I think we need to use him more in the box. Um, I think – here's the other question, John. Why did we stop doing the, the, the double-team blitz that they were so successful at after one game? They had that game where they were just killing it. I mean, I mean, they were killing. They were so twitchy off that edge. And I never saw that again the rest of the year from those two. Um, I like Lonnie That's as well. That's a great question because they both do well in that role. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think, he, like you said, he's a box safety. I mean, let's get him out. He's a fast box safety. Um, so let's get him out of his role. Hopefully, uh, what's his name, the new D.C.? Lovey Smith. I want to see before I make my final determination on Justin Reed. Um, I would say let's see him in Lovey Smith's system. Now that might work to our disadvantage because he might wind up getting paid off one good year in Lovey's system. But um, I think he's underutilized, but I am disappointed in probably both of them. Okay. Um, Josh actually got to my follow up question for you. Mm -hmm. Do you really think Lonnie can cover out there? Mm. <laughs> Do you really think he, you can leave him as a center fielder? He looked so lost last year as a safety. Like, I think he has yeah. the physicality. Like, mm -hmm. I think that he may almost be better. He He's better at playing the ball in front of him and hitting people. But if you bring Reed up 
to play box and leave Johnson in center, we saw what happened, and it wasn't good. Yeah, things. I think you know with the game that really took me out on, and I mean again, I like Lonnie as far as personally what I see on Twitter from I like his fire, I like his enthusiasm, and I like his build. Um, but that that tied in from Tennessee, um, that was troubling. Because uh, I could see Kelsey, you know, who can, I can't check Kelsey. You know, who can check Kelsey? No, um, nobody, nobody. can. But, but I like him actually more as a as an outside corner than I do with safety. Um, I don't like him in the slot guard. Anybody has twitch. But, you know, that tall guy, who maybe, maybe uh, let's say Green, what's his name for the Bengals? Um, he's not going to twitch you. He might muscle you, you know, that kind of stuff. I think he can has a role on that receiver um, or the backup box safety. But like you see, I don't, I don't. And Eric Murray, too. Um, talk about bad decisions. Um, <laughs> did you get paid from the agent under the table or something or what? You know, what's going on here? Um, but, yeah, we need we need definitely help. Did we get any safeties in free agency? I don't know. Um, a special teams player. But yeah. Not Nick, I might have to take that, that A-plus back from you, man. <laughs> not somebody that can – that you would pencil in as a starting safety. Mm-hmm. Um, we could be. We could be wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, Eric Murray didn't even play safety last year. He played – almost entirely that star role, um, kind of like a, like a nickel corner, um, which I don't know. Cause he was, Eric Murray was good when he got to cover a running back. Like he, he filled that need for us, but every team in the NFL realized he can cover running backs, mm-hmm. but he might as well not even exist to a tight end. There was not a single tight end that he could stop every single receiver. time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Every single time he got matched up on a tight end, it was a completion. So once they realized Eric Murray, he was he was done, and mm-hmm. the Texans didn't do a good enough good enough job protecting him. Um, maybe Lovey Smith will protect players a little bit better, um, mm-hmm. roll them a little bit better, make sure they don't cover guys they can't cover. But with a traditional Tampa two, um, even if it's a Tampa two that's going to roll into a cover three, mm-hmm. I, my hopes aren't high. Um, speaking of which, do you really think Kirksley is going to be a, an adequate middle linebacker? Uh, no, because I think he's going to stay hurt. So, I mean, you know, there's some guys, you know, that, that, that injury bug just follows them wherever they go. Um, and obviously we know I, I played football in high school and, and man, those, those offensive linemen pulling on you, uh, man, it's, it was a terrible experience. I have flashbacks now. Um, and that is just, no, I'm not excited. I tell you who I am excited about the Lewis guy, the guy from the Redskins. Okay. I'm excited about that guy. He's got some twitch, you know, as far as coverage goes. Um, I'm very excited. But I'm, I'm also excited that we did not resign. Believe it or not, that we did not resign Terrell Adams, um, because my buddy and I were watching the football game. I was talking, man, this guy's a lot of tackles. He said, yeah, but they're ten yards down the field, you know. So we we get we get thrown off by that tackle number sometimes. Um, and I'm just glad we didn't give a big deal at that spot. But no, I I like Curtsy. I think he's an upgrade for us. Uh, I think he's dealing cold on steroids. Uh, but they, I think he has the same problem that Dylan Cole had. I was very high on Dylan Cole. I watched him cover was day, was it Duke Johnson when he ran that? Yep. That was a couple of years ago. He ran a um, step for step. Yes, yeah, step for step. He picked it off. I'm yep. like, wow, this guy might could play safety, but just the injury uh, yeah. bug. So. I'm still convinced he could have played safety. He could have been that like hybrid, uh, like what's his Not name? Not healthier too. Yeah. Um, I'm still convinced that was a role for Cole. Um, I think he's now on the Giants or something like that. Um, Just couldn't stay healthy, and he didn't get any snaps last year. So him and I'm glad Scarlett's gone too. Yeah, (laughs) no more Scarlett. No, no arguments there. No arguments there. Okay, 
So, all right, we got Casario. The other mm-hmm. big, big thing is we also have a completely new coaching staff. Okay. Not completely new. There's there's a holdover, one holdover. Uh, there was two holdovers, but one of them decided to go join uh, Bill O'Brien down in Alabama. So only one. How happy are you with David Coley and his staff? Um, I love, like many people, and I've heard a lot of people say this, saying I love the um, quarterback coach that started the Indy. What's his name? Um, the skinny guy. Uh, Hamilton. Hamilton. Yeah, I love that hire. Um, I would have loved McCown to stick around some form, some fashion, uh, but I'm sure there's something going on with him. Um, I'm concerned because of the red zone. That's my biggest thing with Tim Kelly is the red zone. And, you know, I'm, again, I'm a Madden player. So my biggest problem is because I don't understand X and O's like some other people is, is red zone. I mean, I'm at no problem making it down to the 20, you know, but when I get there, often I'm kicking a field goal. So that really tells me about a coach, what he can do in the red zone. Um, so I'm a little bit concerned about that, but I believe that might be solved with the, um, with offensive line fixtures to changes. So o- overall, um, I do hate to say it, but I do think David Cully is a is a lame duck coach. I don't think he'll be here past two years. It would be a absolute miracle if we see him past two years. Um, but for his sake, you know, hey, get get a nice paycheck. You know, I think he's a good developer. Develop some of the coaches underneath you and take a stab at it. Um, but it's just you can't. There's no way you can justify and say, okay, this guy was the best guy out there for the team. I just can't buy that. I'm sorry. I don't think from an X's and O's, but maybe from her personality. Okay. Um, might be a little bit of, you could see the storm coming mm-hmm. and you need a guy that could kind of shepherd them for two or three mm-hmm. years. And I actually think that's what Cooley's going to do a good job at. Mm-hmm. Off, um, are you happy with the offensive side of the ball? What, what the coaches they brought in? I just think sometimes that, uh, I see too much of Bill O'Brien and, and Kelly a little bit. I just see that hard-headedness to know what's going to – it's like it's a, it's a square block and you're trying to put in this round hole. And it's, no, I just have to keep working it. It's like, no, it's not going to work. And I think Deshaun <laughs> bailed us out so much. That can't be yeah. underestimated how much he – you know, how much off script he went. The offense I loved was that year one, and I don't think we ever recaptured that. Um, what we had there that was special. I mean, that was record-breaking – stuff that was about to happen there. Um, but if you look at that, we also had a decent run game um, going on that year. So, no, I'm not I'm not happy with the Tim Kelly holdover. Um, I think maybe he should have went to Alabama with Bill so he kind of – think he can, uh, Nick Saban could work on both of them at the same time and uh, teach him that, you know, you don't have to necessarily follow everything that you were taught from one coach. You know, I'm a, I'm a restaurant guy, so I've been at so many different restaurants. I've picked up something here and I've picked up something here, but there's not one particular guy I model. And I think I see too much of Bill O'Brien's stubbornness in Tim Kelly. So no, I'm not. I'm not happy with that portion of the offense. Um, why did we work? Why weren't we running the zone run? We kept trying to run up the middle. I don't understand that when they had so much success the year prior. Yeah. So. No, I think we're we're actually in agreement. Um, Tim Kelly, the biggest thing that got me is he had essentially all the cheat codes to have a successful running game, mm-hmm. and we still had a crappy running game, and he still wouldn't abandon the running game. He would still mm-hmm. try and force the issue. That's all you needed to know. Um, it's that same sort of, it came, it had to come from Bill O'Brien where you got to establish this play to, and it just never worked. Like he was so convinced that it was 
this play was going to eventually work, and it just never worked. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, I know we talked a little bit about defense when we talked about defensive players. How are, how are you feeling about the defensive coaching staff? I like Lovey. I was a little thrown back because I've always looked at him as a great defensive coordinator. But when I saw some of the rankings of his defense over the years, I don't think to my knowledge there ever was a top five defense that he had. But he did, you know, we got to give him all the props in the world. He did take a team to the Super Bowl. I mean, he obviously has done something right. I think he's a good developer of talent. Um, but I think he'll be an upgrade. I think Romeo, not that his time had came, but like me and my buddy were talking, when you get to a certain age, I mean, it's just at some point you're like, hey, man, you know, you don't say whatever, but it's almost like, look, I'm 65, I'm 70. Uh, I'm not, you know, I'm not going to be around here five more years with the team. Um, you know, you don't want to play the zone right. Hey, you know, so I, I think there's only so much you can expect out of out of a coach that has been around that long. Um, and expected to change his ways. I don't I don't think that's going to happen. So I'm excited about the, the new face on the defense. If I was excited about anything, it would be our defense. Um, I think we'll put up around the same thing. I think 18, 20 points a game. But I think the defense will create more turnovers. I, I love the again. I love the speed. Um, I think there'll be a lot more fumbles coming our way. We were terrible with interceptions, so I think those will be coming our way. I still would like to. See, I, I, that's another sign that I wasn't happy with either. The guy from um, from the Browns that we signed at corner. Um, you know, just Terrence going Mitchell. Back to, you know, yeah. somebody that we originally found as an undrafted free agent. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I heard about we that. Cut him. Right before the first game of the season, three years ago, four years ago, and he ended up being a NFL starter every year. Since oh, he started him. every year. Yep. Yeah, I didn't know that. And we talked about it two years in depth, um, where if we had re-signed AJ Boye mm-hmm. and kept Terrence Mitchell, um, we wouldn't have had to start, you know, some of those really, really bad corners like Sharice Wright. If you if you know him or you're friends with him, I'm sorry. I don't usually dunk on players that often because I know how hard it is to play in the NFL and they are the best at what they do. Mm-hmm. But uh, Sharice Wright should not have been in the NFL. <laughs> now, is that the guy that kept getting burned? Same play. Every yeah. time they would call that play, he would get burned. And usually Gold it would be a wasn't touchdown. Yeah. yeah. He was just... Yeah, Bouye just, might I, be the trickle effect of this whole thing. We, we've said it was clowny, but it might have all started with Bouye. I was well, very I mean, disappointed when we lost Bouye. Well, Dwayne Brown. I mean, okay, we talked. Yeah. We've talked about it before. We would have had a Super Bowl team, um, probably two years ago, mm-hmm. where if we had a left tackle and mm-hmm. we had a cornerback. So if we had held on to Dwayne Brown, held on to AJ Boye, and held on to Terrence Mitchell, mm-hmm. and this is actually how we kind of justified it at the time, moving on from Rick Smith, which maybe not um have been the best move <laughs> looking mm-hmm. back on it now um but if we had had those two corners and that left tackle the texans are a much 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 better team a much more complete team now would they have necessarily gone to the super bowl i don't know but those were our two glaring weaknesses but that cold seam just rolled over us regardless so it mm-hmm. may not have mattered but it's still interesting to kind of look back and think at. What do you think before we get out? I know you're popping the questions, but how, cause I haven't heard you mention on this. What about the JJ move? Are you all for letting them go without compensation or? I mean, I think that it was the right thing to do. Mm-hmm. 
doesn't mean I'm happy about it. Mm-hmm. Like I understand why it was done. JJ wasn't just a player. He was an institution in Houston. And I actually thought he was going to go to a team that was more Super Bowl ready. Mm-hmm. And I hope the Cardinals, because that's ultimately what's going to shape it. Um, he kind of, it went from this, oh, he's going to try and go chase a Super Bowl before he retires. Mm-hmm. Well, it looks like from my perspective right now that instead of going to chase a Super Bowl, he went and chased one more guaranteed paycheck. Like he'll do this. He'll be released after two or three years. Man. And then he'll be able to go chase the Super Bowl as a situational pass rusher, mm-hmm. which part of me kind of hurts for that. Cause it's one thing if he's going to try and win, it's a completely another thing where it's like, this is his last chance to get paid or dude's going to be an actor. Dude's going to get paid so much money after, after he's done playing ball, he didn't need to get paid again. He didn't need mm-hmm. another guaranteed check. Like if any player in the NFL can say that it's JJ Watt, even more so mm-hmm. than Tom Brady. Cause you know, they're just lining up cause he'll be like the next action hero that we haven't had in forever at the movies. Like that's what JJ is going to get spun into. So he didn't need the paycheck, mm-hmm. but he wanted the paycheck probably for his ego. Now if the Cardinals make some noise and they get to an NFC champion, NFC championship or super bowl. I'll feel better about it. But right now mm-hmm. all he wanted was another paycheck. He should have been traded and gotten an extension. And so mm-hmm. we could have gotten compensation back. But that's just me. Yeah, the Cardinals owe us anyway, so they know they ripped yeah. us off. <laughs> they know they are. What you got? Spit them out. What's in there? What we got? Um, nope, that's it. That's Sorry. it. Uh, that's it. All right. Uh work was sending me uh Slack messages and I got distracted by it. <laughs> Shame on me. This is podcast time, not work time. All right. Well. Thank you so much for coming on. Like, it's been a treat, like I'm, I'm so glad you came. Um, thank you so much. Uh, you want to tell everybody who you are one more time, tell them where to find you. Um, anything else you want to shout out? So again, uh, Gabriel's table is, is my company, um, dot com. Um, but I am McKnight, uh, NFL on Twitter. I believe it's H McKnight. I think at Twitter. Um, yeah. So chef, uh, personal and private, um, Hopefully, I'll have a restaurant in a couple of years. That's the goal. Love the Texans. Divorce from the Bills. I might remarry them. Um, love <laughs> there was the a whole movement on. There was a whole <laughs> movement on Twitter. You had your chance. Yeah, so I'm, I'm I'm seriously giving thought to going back to the Bills. So we'll see what happens. Um, but I in, in Casario we trust. So John, it's been a pleasure. Thanks for having me on. I was a little nervous about getting on, but uh, this actually is good for me to be on. Um, I wish you guys out there the best. Uh, I'm going to roll back and read some of these comments and see how bad y'all talked about me. Cool? Nah, they didn't talk anything bad about you, but they're definitely not safe for work. All right, y'all. Thank you. Thank you all so much. Always means the world to me when for your, all y'all in chat. Come and join us every week. Thank you, everybody that listens to us on the podcast. Please spread the word. Make sure you share us. Let us know that we exist. Um, if we ever do, I don't know what ads um, Blue Wire is running before and after, but please, please click them. Get us a little traction. We always appreciate it. Thank you all so much. And we will see you next week. Hopefully it'll be better news next week. I keep saying that. One day I'll be right.